0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Strikes Back. My name is George and you're listening to the weekly movie show with the boy Benny. Hello there. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. We have an awesome show. Some really big stories about Disney Plus this week, including... Hey, us Aussies are getting in there in the race to get this on time. Um, We've also got a, a launch date and a pricing there. Very big news. Plus, also... interesting stuff again disney plus with obi-wan kenobi news and some trailers later on in the show but as we always like to do we like to catch up on what everyone's been watching and benny you have a list of films and other content that you have seen with your own eyeballs that is not entirely accurate
1: okay (laughs) i really oversold that then um once upon a time in Hollywood is just released in uh, in Australia, it and certainly uh, has. working at a cinema as I do, that's been keeping us very busy. Check out our review coming up. So yes, that's obviously something I've watched as well. Um, but uh, yeah, had very little time. Otherwise, I've been catching up on Young Justice. The back half of season three is just kind of almost finished releasing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been been following that. Um, Always, always love that show. How Good does that stuff. show
0: work in terms of, is there an overall arc going across all the series or they're all self-contained or is it very, very episodic?
1: No, no, it's very arc heavy. Um, they actually cram so much story into it. Like in just the three seasons that they have, there have been two massive time jumps, like in between seasons. Okay. that are Years long. Um, cool. Like you could, they could have stretched out the story that they've crammed into it, into 10 seasons easily, but... Um, I guess better that they do it this way than the other way, but sometimes it does get a little hard to catch up. Like season three has virtually an entirely different cast of characters, almost in terms cool. of like the ones you're actually watching episode to episode. Nice. And I, even I, um, with my um, fairly dedicated DC knowledge, do have trouble keeping up sometimes. Which especially you... when there's six months in between half of the season and the back half of the season. Why would they do that? I, I don't know. Who knows what DC's TV release strategy is nowadays? Yeah. I mean. With yeah. Their whole streaming platform and everything it's let's, all so let's weird. Not get into that, right? But uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I've had this week. Nice, mm. uh, man, I
0: have been watching very little. Uh, I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood twice, and uh, as I said before, we'll check out it, uh, we'll be talking about that on the review, which is up now. Um, in terms of what I've been watching, uh, I think I, I might have watched something, but I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Like, it's
1: so kind of been amazing.
0: But I've been watching a lot of this channel and we've talked about it a lot on on uh on this show in particular, Corridor mm. Crew, and their recent content they've been putting out where it's sort of like VFX artists review CG. And I think they're up to number nine now. Yeah, they're going off with that stuff. And they've also got stunt, uh a stunt version of well with a stunt guy. Mm. And they're just fascinating, man. Like I get such a kick out of them, and particularly I've been following it to date like as soon as it drops i'm on that yeah and i I feel like i've learned a lot in terms of what separates um you know the leaders of the pack from the rest um in terms of what actually makes convincing cg Mm. it's been very interesting to hear about these different terms and techniques they use uh but i think also like what, what's really fascinating is tr- how real they try and get things, but also how real they have to get things in terms of a movie sense. Mm. And I think that's one of the most interesting things is that we have preconceived ideas of how certain things look. For example, a, a, a spaceship wouldn't explode in space. There's no oxygen, mm. you know? So, but we see in star Wars big explosions and that's part of the vocabulary of modern cinema. Yeah. And it's so interesting to hear the creative choices made whether to go, realism or adhering to cinema and, mm. and what certain things you, you know, it, it's just a really interesting thing that I'd never really thought about before.
1: Yeah. Well, you see them talk about stuff like not trying to capture what it looks like when a bullet hits a body, but what it looks like when a, when a um, blood capsule goes off in in a body um, and doing that with CGI, like uh, it, it's such interesting stuff. And there's so clearly a, a market for this information, just as you and I have fallen into it. They are so popular. Like they've pretty much gone viral with this, um, you could see from that, that this, I think the second episode they did, is like, this is a weekly thing now. Like yeah. we are never stopping doing this. I reckon of millions, millions per episode. Yeah. And it, cause it kind of is an underserved sort of, um, perspective. Like you never really hear from these guys Never. who, you know, the hardest people, the hardest working people in Hollywood. It's probably. all very
0: technical information out there. It's like tutorials mm. on Maya and after effects. Mm. Some people just want to, you know, look at it at this level. And I think they've really hit a, a, a nice gap. Mm. Um, So, yeah, guys, if you want to check out, you know, you're interested in VFX and also the stunt work, the stunt guy that got on there. uh, And and they talk about um, Chad Stileski and the John John Wick guy on an episode. Mm. Um, The other director, his name's escaping me right now. But he was a former stunt guy. And they show, he shows like um, the stunt guy on this episode shows the pre-shot version of the, uh, scene with cardboard boxes around, and it's in a you know a smaller studio the, or something. The, the Punisher, yeah, yeah, an episode of The Punisher, and it's it was amazingly well shot. Like that was like okay, yeah, maybe the set wasn't fully put together, but the angles and the the edits and the the flow. The no wonder they go it. there. No wonder they 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 become stunt coordinators and move into that because the amount of pre work required to make sure that we know exactly how we're going to shoot these extremely shots. St- um, complex scenes mm. um, You know These guys Just are naturally Doing that in a, At a more primitive level And they just Graduate to a more You know That directorial position Where it's a proper set
1: Proper production design It was very Very eye opening For me And it's fascinating Watching the original Previous version of that That's done entirely By professional stunt people Because it was so much More brutal Than the one That went to screen Yeah It's a, it's a fight in the gym From season 2 Of um, The Punisher And the final version Is fantastic as well The gym but yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's um it's, you know, led by John Bernthal, who's a great physical actor in his own right. But um just watching these guys who are just dedicated to that do it, yeah. it was it was so brutal. It's fucking awesome. So yeah, Corridor crew, massive shout out. Um I just want to chuck something else uh, in that line, actually I forgot about it. I did want to mention I've been watching a bunch of essays from Lindsay Ellis this week. Oh yeah, she's um, great on YouTube. Yeah, probably the best film essayist on all of YouTube. Um if you've never heard of her, check out anything and everything she's done. Um I, I just watched a great hour long video she did on the finale and the last season of Game of Thrones um recently, which she said like the very last take on this and she's putting it to bed. But um it was it was really brilliant in stuff. Depth. Yes, yeah. And um my opinion was fairly low already of, of that season, but she definitely managed to lower it further. <laughs> nice. So if you're a big fan, maybe stay it's away. But um, but yeah, anything else she's done, uh she's an absolute Uh, Film Genius.
0: I've only watched a few things, but her Hobbit one, Mm. her examination of what that was uh,
1: really eye-opening. It's essentially a feature-length documentary about how The Hobbit went so wrong. It's very well put together. Mm. The level of analysis is, is, you've got to tip your hat to it. So, we have some Disney Plus news from this morning. As we do every week. (laughs) 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 So, Disney has officially announced that Disney Plus will premiere in the US and Canada and the Netherlands... On November 12th this year, and then Australia and New Zealand one week later on November 19th. Uh, and for our Australian listeners, it'll cost $8.99 Australian. 8 dollars dues. dos 8 dollars dues. That's which all? is pretty damn cheap. And Netflix right now is about $15, $16? Something like that, yeah. They keep pumping up their prices. So this is approximately half of that. Yeah, that is very competitive. Now, we'd heard previously that Disney Plus was going to launch in
0: January here. Mm -hmm. So to get this news this morning, I was like a little kid, man, squealing. (laughs) I was like, holy fuck, Disney, well, like, it's obviously a
1: key market for them. Um, I've heard that um, Australia is a big testing ground mm. um, for other markets because we're we're such a kind of microcosm of of other places, just such a smaller population. Um so what i really found interesting was you tagged me in this announcement on facebook um and i just decided to scroll through the comments a bit to see what the kind of general consensus yeah, was John on Because a lot of people you know you're uh, people who are kind of less plugged into this stuff maybe they've never even heard of disney plus before and it was uh prevailingly very negative um people just saying like Oh, another streaming service like uh-huh. i've already especially so many people in australia have bought into stan which had exclusive rights to anything disney yeah essentially um so people are very much like, why didn't they just I don't know, buy Stan and rebrand it or something? So yeah, at at this point that the that knee jerk reaction was very negative and in the Facebook
0: comment section and I've gotta say, like something <laughs> interesting that I've done recently is the new tool song, the metal the metal band tool. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought out a song and literally you go from you go to Maniacs everyone's into it you go to the t- tool page everyone's into it you go to Metal Sucks everyone's hating on
1: it you go to
0: this one so like depends on the audience 100% hundred percent. Um, so I can't remember was that Event Cinemas or something that I can't com- tagged you in?
1: Uh, Mar- Marvel was it the Marvel one? I think it was wow. Marvel yeah wow okay but um, yeah, I, 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 by your point Disney's I mean post. like
0: and there's something that Connor's been saying a lot another streaming service hmm. how diversified is this market going to get?
1: mhm Um, I guess yeah. I just hadn't thought of it outside of my own kind of looking at the spectrum. Just being like, this has seemed a lot better than most other streaming services, and obviously a lot cheaper. And we're a lot more clued into the content that's coming up. Low key, yes, exactly. That that was my thought. I'm like, well, Disney really needs to get the word out there about all of this original content that they're bringing to the to the platform, because that was actually what one person said specifically was, um. You know, I already have a lot of Disney stuff on DVD and shit. Like, I don't, what does it matter if it's going to be on the streaming service? Um, so it, it, I can see why they're leaning so heavily into this other content, which leads us into our next story, obviously, in that uh, Ewan McGregor may be set to reprise his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi for a Disney Plus series, um, following, of course, The Mandalorian and uh, the Cassian Andor show that we've already got coming up. Um, hello there. Hello there. How do you feel about this? I it's feel Star Wars guy, Yeah,
0: feels so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has been on the cards for so long. We talked. Yes, we had a Star Wars episode last year after mm-hmm. Solo came out. We're like, this is coming out. There's gonna be a darn all show. And then literally a week later, Solo. it was like <laughs> Bob Iger's like, I'm putting this. I'm putting a stop to this business. Solo took care of that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I was I was sort of on the fence of when. And if this is going to happen and to hear that it's only a year later, mm. you know, they are kind of getting things back in order. This, this is really cool. I wonder part of me thinks like, is it best left in the past? Is it one of those things where you dream up the perfect cake? And when you when you eat that cake is actually is not as amazing <laughs> as you intended it or thought it would be. Mm. That is definitely always the fear with these kind of things. So, We'll get back to that, but what is your perfect Obi Wan Kenobi cake? My perfect Obi Wan Kenobi cake is just just a gleeful Ewan McGregor. No, um, it, it. You know what's what's what time frame do you do? I'm I'm pretty sure your 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 main thing has got
1: to be you know, between episode three and episode four. I mean, I don't Absolutely. think you can go anywhere else. Every other than that. every factor to this says that's what it's got to be. You and McGregor's age, um, just the general kind of blank part of the narrative. Yeah.
0: But I, I kind of loved the story of Obi-Wan uh, as this really important Jedi Knight and then going into hiding and not po- literally living in a cave mm. on Tatooine for 30 fucking years or something wrestling with these problems and yeah. wrestling with this tragedy was i at fault you mm. know um, they could
1: do so much to enrich the um the Anakin Obi-Wan relationship and narrative that that you know has its strong points but it has a lot of weaknesses yes um and even in a broader sense Obi-Wan is not all that deep of a character from what we've seen of him he's more he's of a, noble as fuck and that's about it That's it And he's more of a, a background player in yeah. all of these movies He's a, a supporting character um, We don't know what he does when he gets home and puts his feet up You know And I'm not saying that's <laughs> what the show needs know, to be We don't know That's not what the show needs to be but, um, <laughs>
0: Obi-Wan Darling in Pornhub <laughs> Like in the bathroom Oh no Some Jawa <laughs> <little>, shit <laughs> Little water pipe <laughs> Oh <laughs> my god But no I was actually kind of saying the opposite mm. of what you were saying is like, I kind of love that he just kind of went to his little building and laid low. Mm. Like, I don't want to see an obi One act. I want to see it grungy. I want to see it on the streets of Tatooine. You know, I don't want to see a big space adventure with this story. Totally. I yeah. want to see a psychological examination of a a, a warrior, maybe even, P- you know, delve into some PTSD, you know, if they can go and do something cool there,
1: I'm down. Yeah, absolutely, because I think the, the, the tragedy of the prequels um, never hit as hard as it could because those those movies had their own problems, um, numerous ones. So, uh, yeah, this could be something, if done well, that, that improves both original trilogies. Yep. Um, and it feels weird calling the prequels an original trilogy, but uh, that's the world we're moving into. Yeah. And Mandalorian, I'm getting very excited for that. That's a launch title, I believe. Yeah, so that is... Is it? That is very cool. Um, that is another thing that kind of gives me faith that they could do something cool with this. Because the the very little we've seen of the Mandalorian is just somewhat comic con footage or Star Wars yeah. celebration footage. Um, Have looked, you seen
0: that nine minute sequence?
1: I've I've just seen uh, bits and pieces, but okay. it looked amazing. Uh, it was um, it was it was really unbelievable, man. And you're not going to find anyone more skeptical about this stuff than me. John Favreau making a Star Wars series for Disney Plus. <laughs> um, I would I would happily boycott that. Yeah, but uh, it looked great. It looked really great.
0: And what was the final thing I wanted to say on this? Uh, Oh, man, we're going to have to move on. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. Uh, This is what I was going to say. Yep. What are you more excited for right now? Rise of Skywalker or these Disney Plus shows? Uh, Because that's basically all we have in the movie camps. You know, we've got... Let's even just say Mandalorian versus Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. You could only ever watch one. Which one would you rather watch? Mandalorian, I guess.
1: I think that would be where I'm sitting as well. But in terms of excitement, it's it's the end of Sky Dance. What is it called? Sky Dancer. <laughs> yeah. Um, because Hard I'm Sky Dancers. I'm so curious about how much of a, an absolute cock up that movie could be. I'm Imagine saying, if it's I'm an not absolute saying it will be cock up. i just there, it has so much potential to just be a, like, try and please everybody Justice and League please level. nobody. Yep. Like because the the last two movies are so divisive in their own different ways, um, I can't imagine anything that could that could really land this ship at this point.
0: Man, imagine if it's if it's at that Phantom Menace. No, it wouldn't be at that Phantom Menace, Menace level because it's a different yeah. it's a different psychology of that everyone's going in. Everyone's a lot more cautious. Everyone was thought it was going to be the best thing ever, mm. but maybe something like a Justice League. I mean, We Re- release all... the Abrams cut. Oh god,
1: release the JJ cut. <laughs> Interesting times for Star Wars ahead. Uh, And even more so because Ryan Johnson has confirmed that he is still working on a new Star Wars trilogy. We have a quote here from him. Uh, I think that the fun and challenging part of it is to dive in, figure out what's exciting, and then figure out what it's going to be. We're doing something that steps beyond the legacy characters. What does that look like? It really makes you think and figure out what the essence of Star Wars is for me and what that will look like moving forward. So many fanboys are raging. No doubt, no doubt. Essence (laughs) of Star Wars is for me.
0: Just that sentence alone, everyone's like, what did you do with the Last Jedi? Why did you make that? Why did they go to that casino planet? They did nothing on that casino planet."
1: But on the flip side, surely people are pegging into the fact that he's saying this is not the legacy characters. This is him doing a different thing. Because I think most people's grievances with the Last Jedi involved their childhood heroes being portrayed in ways that they didn't want to see them necessarily. I think that's a seventy percent of it. A lot of it, yeah. Um, so I feel like even, I mean, look, there's a lot of hyperbole and insanity out there, but I feel like this is the direction that if this is happening, everyone would agree that that's the way to go. Yep. Um, it, it, it brings a lot
0: into the question, you know, is he talking about Knights of the Old Republic? What's happening with Benioff and Wise post Game of Thrones? You know, I didn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Disney say, I've dust their hands off and washed their hands and say, thanks a lot, Benny off and wise, but we're, so you've just landed a big deal with Netflix.
1: Very recently we've heard that they are definitely still, yeah. what, writing one, but it does seem like their involvement keeps getting scaled back by little degrees. And yes, I also wouldn't be surprised if Disney was just like, uh. Oh. Some In some really dim- diplomatic way, like, oh, we're parting ways, you know, they've got their own thing now. So is Ryan Johnson now doing Knights of the Old Republic? It's funny how this keeps flipping back and forth. <laughs> it's like, every, who's in good
0: favor? Yeah, and then is, or is Knights of the Old Republic going to be a Disney Plus TV show similar to The Mandalorian? I'd prefer to see it in that manner, mm. to be perfectly honest, because I think there's so much to explore in that. Or you do a hybrid approach where you have maybe a TV series running in parallel with movies. Who knows? Like, like, I'm an MCU kind of thing that they're going to do.
1: I am so much more of a Ryan Johnson fan than a Star Wars fan that I don't care what he does whatsoever. Um, I'm there for it. Yeah, because uh, probably goes without saying, but I I love his take on classic Star Wars that we got. Um, so I'm happy to watch him do anything. Uh, I'm I'm
0: with you, man, and I'm really excited for Knives Out. Yes, uh, I don't think there we even reviewed that
1: trailer somehow. Oh, uh, I can't remember us talking about it. It definitely happened while I was away. Maybe uh, I don't know if you guys did it or not. Yeah, though. I think Connor would have messed that up.
0: Oh shit! <laughs> Do you okay? So tell me this: What would you rather see? Would you rather see the Ryan Johnson, yeah, Ryan Johnson trilogy, or Off and Weiss
1: trilogy? Oh geez, that's <laughs> tough. Let me think about that for ten minutes, and I'll get back I'll to give you. you. I'll give you twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad this wasn't as hard as your last. Would you rather? Um, yeah, I would. I would happily. I would much. I would I would prefer to watch the Ryan Johnson one and not the Benioff and Wise one than watch both. <laughs> 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 no, I'd love to see that train wreck. I'd love to see what they would do. Oh uh, Yeah, it'd probably be fine. I yeah. mean, credit where credit's due. They, they ran four seasons of a really good TV show.
0: It's been very interesting how Star Wars, I feel like, is just starting to recorrect the ship. Mm. I think it's been about since May last year, since Solo, that things
1: have felt... Pretty rocky. Potentially recorrecting the ship, like they're they they're putting the feelers back out again, because um, they shut stuff down pretty hard. They shut it down when when Solo didn't do so well. Um, yeah, and yeah. We, Those we, announcements seem to be coming. We haven't had anything more. yet. Yes. since then, so um, we don't like man the the um, the Skywalker film with <laughs> that one Skydance, <laughs> sky Skydance. Um, one last Skydance in Paris. I
0: actually, I remember the other day. I call it Rise of Skywalker and it's rise of the skywalker oh no wait oh no i called no sorry sorry Fuck fucked that up completely i called it the last skywalker <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's such a the rise of skywalker it's just not It just doesn't
1: stick with you mm. that title it's not amazing no um um yeah i'm very interested to see that one any other final star wars thoughts uh no i have very few star wars thoughts in general <laughs> 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 nowadays do you to hades how about, how about you uh, I would love to
0: see them in. I, I'm I'm just been really, really curious about how Rise of Skywalker is going to turn out, mm. and I feel like it's going to be a hodgepodge blender of a movie. And
1: it's going to be a remix. I think it's of a the, bit of a the,
0: shame that the. You know, we'll see how it turns out, but it'll be it'll be a bit of a shame that if that. The, how the sequel trilogy has turned out, if it didn't kind of get its own identity.
1: Yeah. Which it kind of started to do in Last Jedi, I felt. Doesn't it feel weird that this is the last one already that we're going to have of like Poe and Finn and... And they're um, just nothing. Yeah. It's like, wh- who are these guys? Because we're so used to like Marvel now where yeah. everyone gets like Spider-Man has like five movies in two years. <laughs> um, and now it's like, oh, we've spent like four hours with these yeah. characters. That's like... Ten minutes apiece. Yeah. You know.
0: I, and and yeah, I, 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 that is that is something very interesting. Thing Ray as well, even. Mm. You know, I feel like I don't yeah, know no, that Yeah, no, I meant all of them. I just couldn't yeah. remember all the names. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kylo Ren, I feel like is the only one who's who's the most interesting. Yeah, and he's the he's the epicenter of the series for me mm. in a lot of ways. Well, we'll see. Um, on uh, just one final bit of Disney news, I wanted to mention is yep. that Lion King has uh, shot up to be the eighth highest-grossing film of all time.
0: What the fuck?
1: Uh, ninth. Ninth, sorry, sorry. It, just, it popped into 10 the other day and then is already up to nine. What's
0: it? 1. 1.5,
1: 1. 1. 1.6? 1.4 something.
0: It was at 1.3 last year, 1.35 or so? Yeah,
1: so 1.4 something 1000000000 um, looking it, it, up it knocked now, 1. It knocked, 4, 3. knocked Black Panther out of the top 10, um, just crept ahead of uh, Age of Ultron. Um, and I just happened to check, this is the only film out of the top 50 highest grossing films of all time that I haven't seen. Wow. <laughs> the top 50. Top 50. Top 58, I think. Holy shit. Yeah. I just I, I was just scrolling down. for you at home. Yeah, I was scrolling down. I was like, seen that, wow. Seen <laughs> that. Now I can never watch it. I've seen it. all 14 Harry Potters. <laughs> well, because my first thought was like, geez, is there any movie in the top 10 I haven't seen? And I was like, no. And I was like, 20, 30, 40.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But I, I should check that
1: out. I'm sure I've seen most of them. Mm. I you know, love was, that popcorn. I think there's probably a bunch of kids food. ones you've missed that yeah. for some reason I've seen. Yeah. Um, Alrighty, on to, uh, on to another studio for once. Um, how Rob- dare you. I'm sorry. Sorry, Disney. P- keep sending the checks, though. Um, Robert Richardson, frequent collaborator of Oliver Stone, Martin Scorsese, and Quentin Tarantino, has signed on as Venom 2's Director of Photography. This was some of the best news I heard all week. <laughs> really? Because I love how much Venom news we're getting I, while connor has gone. I know. It's the only way we can talk <laughs> about it. positive <laughs> i
0: positive. I thought that... And this is a bit of a spoiler, but the the the, the technical side of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mm. cinematography was on point. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. And I thought Venom One had a little bit to be left to the desired there. So mm. if we're getting this guy, you know, how is this going to be shot? I think I'm real. I hope that they give this guy, you know, what he
1: needs to do with Andy Circus because he's a talent. Well, yeah, moreover, what attracted him to the project? Like what has Circus and Hardy been saying to him about this movie to a very divisive, you know, middling is a weird word, but I mean that overall it's middling because it has very high highs and very low lows. Um, so what? how did they get him to do this? They must have some cool plans. It must
0: almost be like a. Um, the first one was like a, a fail test in a way. Mm. You know, did it fail? Yes or no. No, it didn't fail financially. Now let's get some really. And you know, I'm not gonna make any comments on um, you know, the, the 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 director of the, Ruben Fleischer, uh, you know, he he's he's awesome, but I think they're just scaling it up in terms of the talent, getting Hardy more involved, and and trying to flesh this out a bit more. Mm. I'm very, I'm getting way too excited for Venom. I know, right? And I'm concerned.
1: <laughs> would it be funny if like next week they're like, oh, we just got uh, Nine Inch Nails, uh, Trent Reznor on for the score. Yeah, yeah. And like every week there's like some ridiculous <laughs> yeah, names. Like, like, oh, Spielberg's producing. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck what is the- this movie? <laughs> Don't fuck up. Oh, yeah, but that is a great get for, uh, for Sony right there.
0: Fuck, man, we we're racing through these stories. Yeah, well, you know, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, you know, I could be better, man. How's your life outside of movies? it's um, working away?
1: Yeah, making movies. Yeah. Making videos. Yeah, yeah that's cool yeah we should talk we should review some of some of your stuff sometime. Yeah, sure. <laughs> made <Main> two things. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, next up, uh, in kind of the opposite news, Neil Blomkamp is no longer attached to Robocop Returns. Uh, he's got a tweet here off Robocop. I am shooting new horror thriller and MGM can't wait slash need to shoot Robocop now. Excited to watch it in theaters with other fans. I don't what? believe that last part. I don't believe any of it, actually. <laughs> God, that must be demoralizing for him. Uh, Booted off Alien 3 yeah, so 2. Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, this was essentially a, a, a sequel to the original Robocop that ignores the rest of the other films, just like what he was doing with the Alien franchise where he was making an Alien 3 that ignored um, the actual Alien, Alien 3 and 4 3. And, and what what have you. Um, also so, known as Alien Cubed. Alien circles. Cubed. That's always how I saw it. Um, so, yeah, this is... There's definitely more going on here than he's saying in this tweet. There is absolutely no way in hell that MGM absolutely needs to shoot this movie uh 32 years after the original <laughs> um right now. <laughs> um so that's kind of a bummer because I thought he would be a really good fit for this. Um, I was very excited for this. The original RoboCop is is uh It's a masterpiece. It's an absolute masterpiece of of satire, of violence, of um just action filmmaking. Paul Ver- Verhoeven Verhoeven has a uh, I just was such a perfect fit for that. And if we were to, even without having ever, ever heard of this project, if I were to pick someone in a modern context who I think could be good for something like that, even though I have very mixed thoughts on his films overall, um, I think Neil Blomkamp uh, is right there.
0: I completely agree.
1: Um, There is no one who makes like better looking sci-fi technology movies than he layered in with,
0: you know, some interesting themes about society.
1: Yeah. 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 With, um, kind of a more of a mind behind them. Um you definitely saw the um Corridor Crew stuff about Chappie. Yeah. That was unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. I, I had not much good to say about Chappie. I think maybe you liked it more than me. I did. But um the the effects were uh second to none. He knows how to stretch a budget, man. Absolutely. Uh, even back back in the day, District Nine, I couldn't believe how good that movie looked on the budget it had. It still I, looks good these days. Yeah 100 percent And I remember Watching the behind-the-scenes stuff, watching him direct where effect shots would need to be later, and being like, "This guy is gonna be one of the best." The next Spielberg. And man, he fucking let me down. <laughs> that did not happen. But um, and that that's a shame, and I'm sorry. Because he's South
0: African, bro. That's definitely give, give us a break. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: yeah, um, yeah. So that's a bummer. Because. Uh, I to a lesser extent, I thought yes, he could be good for this alien thing. I didn't really like the direction they were taking because I actually like Alien Three and Four, um, but but this one, um, I thought much more so. I'm like, yeah, why the hell not? I completely agree. Uh,
0: it was the perfect it was the perfect storm,
1: mm. and uh, I, I
0: actually you know what? I came to Robocop very late in life, the Same. original. Uh, I must have been early twenties or something. Mm. My current wife had organized a screening at the cinema at like 7am to watch Robocop Mm. and we watched it and I was like, I was so tired and I just watched this film and I was like, Holy fuck. This is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Mm. Like that is just straight up my alley, man with the stocky effects, the satire. I love Paul Verhoeven style. I love total recall. Mm. Um, and then I also like the, orig- the, uh, the, the original, the remake. Yeah. I've got a soft spot with that uh, with Kinneman. Um, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton's great. Mm. Gary Oldman's solid. Mm-hmm. You know, he collected a good paycheck there, but, <laughs> yeah.
1: you know, he's, he, he adds his worth in. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a different beast than the original um, in some cool ways. I I thought that was one of the better
0: of those sci-fi horror remakes that came out, mm. sort of o five to twenty fifteen or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so this was prime for me to really, really, you know, I was I was very very ready for this, and I'm sad that he's off it. Uh, I hope though to hear new horror thriller. Uh, so so I I guess the reason why he's saying he's off this that he was going to shoot this horror thriller first before mm. RoboCop. So that that means he obviously really believes in this film. Mm. Hopefully he's got a great script there. Uh, Is it too low budget? Is he going to be too creatively in control? Because sometimes I feel, and especially your feedback of his series, that web series he had, maybe sometimes he's best to have an executive team supporting him, Mm. guiding him a little bit. Like Peter Jackson guiding District 9, that kind of thing. Does he need that? Mm. How was that web series when you think back to it? and, and does the, and is there any sort of confidence
1: builder that you get from that series with, with this sort of more of a horror thriller? So from a technical standpoint, everything you've come to expect from him, um, especially Big impressive tick. given that it's a YouTube, you know, just YouTube videos. Um, it, narrative storytelling wise, there, there wasn't much amazing there. Like, Were well, they just there to execute the effects a lot of the time? That's kind of more what it felt like. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. It's not necessarily a bad thing. No, he feels like someone who get a really great writer on board and, and they can do wonders together. Mm-hmm. Like he needs to find a creative partner. But um, there were a couple of like fun ones. There was one that was reminiscent of The Thing um, that I enjoyed a lot because that didn't really ask too much Cool of you. Um, but yeah, they were fine. Okay. A lot of them felt like proof of concept or just a portion of a story. Sure. Which is cool for what they were doing. It was experimental so whatever. Um, I just had a, a, a thought, and I give this a one percent probability. Okay, um, but it would be funny. Maybe the horror thriller that he's directing is Alien Three. Whoa! Maybe Disney came along and was like, "We want did to continue he? the Alien franchise." Like, and he's like, "Mr. Like you Robocop." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I am. I might, am mightily keen for that. So just what, I just wanted to put that out there in case it happens, so I can be like, "I oh, said so Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Timestamp:
1: <laughs> yeah. thirty-two minutes in. Um. So we've got one last story here that I just wanted to do as a follow-up to last week. We had a, a little chat about a new um, G.I. Joe mm-hmm. spin-off that was happening. Yes. Um, Your favourite franchise. Sure thing. And we also mentioned the um, the Snake Eyes um, film that is in pre-production or whatever. Snake Eyes. Um, formerly played by uh, Ray Park in the previous two movies. We weren't uh, sure at all if it was a continuation of that or if it was a, a reboot. Um, seems it's going to be a reboot because Henry Golding... Uh, has apparently entered final negotiations to play uh, Snake Eyes himself in Paramount and Hasbro's G.I. Joe spinoff. This guy's popping off. Yeah, he's doing great. I remember watching him in Crazy Rich Asians, he was the male lead in that, and thinking he was, you know, incredibly charming and handsome, but um, fairly plain. Then then watching him in uh, A Simple Favor, um, one of my absolute favorite films from last year by uh, Paul Feig, uh, he showed a lot more range and was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, it's good to see him kind of stepping into the franchise I'm really into the role. The guy. Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed him in Crazy Rich Asians.
0: I'm not going to hold him like the script has. I'm not blaming yeah. him at all. Yeah, there was just not much to the character. I think he's got a cool look. Mm. Um, yeah, like I'm I'm really think that this is he seems to fit the the mold. Um, you know, the, GI Joe's not exactly top of the list for me in terms of franchises, but if they can bring a tac- tactical you know, a
1: military thing with him in it. I I'm I'm that that's cool. I'm I'm there. Also we don't know we, it's not specific that he's playing uh Snake Eyes, but it seems very likely. They say he's they're eyeing him for the lead. Um but Snake Eyes as we know him from the films is um he does not speak uh and you never see his face. So presumably well, it's just a like Gordon Levitt no he played cobra commander spoilers oh. for the first gi joe film oh. um awesome twist <laughs> okay. but um show show. No. no uh, uh ray, ray park darth Maul. Oh, Ray park okay. yeah sorry you just said that yes i did but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you're concentrating attention. on a lot of things it's fine um pay attention. so presumably this would be some kind of origin story or it have flashbacks either that or he could be playing someone like stormbreaker um the the arch nemesis character but um if he was stormbreaker i'd lose my shit well they already had a great stormbreaker <laughs> Hey, well, fuck you You're having around. a go? All right. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> fucking
0: around. Um, if you like Stormbreaker, all the more power to you. You know. <laughs> um, what time is it, George? <laughs> it's trailer time. Got three trailers, and I'm I'm doing it. I'm doing it again. Absolutely. Fuck yeah. I can't do the news and the trailers. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I I I feel that. I feel that. All right. trail number one of the week. Underwater. This is the one starring Christian Stewart. Uh, Going down to the depths of the ocean and... Vincent Cassel. And pipes leak and water comes in
1: to the inside area of the facility and trouble ensues. So it's alien underwater. Pretty much. Yep. Um, And I think it looks bloody fantastic. This seems to be way more
0: on point in terms of visual than you would see in this type of B-grade
1: horror Sci-fi. Thing. I was very, very impressed by some of the stuff that was popping up towards the kind of montage at the end of the end of the trailer is this kind of like nightmarish Lovecraftian Lovecraft. imagery. The, whatever yep. these creatures are in there, you barely see them. I'm like, that looks amazing. Um, I was really, really impressed. And the production design, like I said, looks exactly like Alien, like the original. I, I, I'm, I'm unbelievably keen for this. I think Christian Stewart has an awesome look as well with mm. her
0: shaved... Um blonde hair and the, the round glasses, like awesome cast as well. TJ just... Miller's there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll probably get to see him killed by something. <laughs> but he this is cooking up to be a a really awesome little sci fi horror. I do
1: think they showed too much. Yes. I agree, but I also think it, a lot of it was so kind of quick, like thrown flashing. at you. Like I wasn't really able to glean much of where this is actually going. It looks like the scope of it is bigger than it, you, you might initially expect. I wanted expect.
0: it to not necessarily show the Lovecraftian creatures. Mm. I
1: wanted it to kind of be like, what's going on? Is it just a leak or is there something outside? Yeah, yeah. Like hey, wh- I remember the first time I went into The Descent, mm. the, um, the spelunking film. Which uh, Which version? The only version. Okay. There's only one version. If you've you. if you've watched the descent and you've only seen the American edit, um, I highly implore you to go watch the actual version. No, no, of the no, film. no, no, no. Shame on you <laughs> and your ancestors. No, I'm kidding. Sorry. Yeah. Because um, that that movie, um, I knew sort of where it was going, but when you watch it, um, without When you really focus on the movie, it doesn't seem like it's going to take a turn into any kind of monster movie or anything Mm. whatsoever. It's so straight. Yeah. But then when you watch it for like the sixth time as I've done, you see how many hints there are throughout. It is unbelievable how many times you see something that you never saw the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's one of the best. So this seems like a, a kind of a similar thing. And it's a shame that we have to be in this world where, you know, everything's got to have marketing and it's got to show a lot of stuff because this seems like an amazing movie it would have been to go in not having any idea what it is. Like, is this just some science drama?
0: (laughs) Yeah, hopefully, like, I trust my brain to filter out a lot of this. You know, things go in one ear, out the other. It's just my life. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, hopefully I forget a lot of this by the time we get into the cinema. But there's just, as I said, it's so visually on point, like that ghostly fish thing Mm. Like I can see it right now. Hmm. So that's, you know, I just wish, you know, sometimes I'm like, fuck this podcast, man. I wish I didn't (laughs) have to watch these trailers so I could go in blind. But at the same time, you know, I wouldn't have watched this trailer maybe if the podcast didn't exist. So you may have never watched the movie. I might not be called George. Hmm. You know,
1: everything could be upside down. You weren't called George before we started the podcast. Oh, God. We go by pseudonyms on this show. I don't know if anyone knows. The Matrix. Yeah, just so people can't track us down in real life. We have we'll a lot of crazy rabbit fans. And, and enemies we make a lot of enemies are here so as well. So many enemies. Connor, Connor is a big one. Connor, Connor, in the inner circle, <laughs> we've got an enemy. Like two out of three of us. Are okay. That's not good stats. It's bad odds. <laughs> um, Yeah. This this movie immediately reminded us just a very very different companion piece to the Lighthouse. As just two things, I really cannot wait to watch. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm completely with you. Mm.
0: Second on the list, the death of Long Dick. Just kidding. <laughs> Dick long. I knew you'd do it. <laughs> Had to. Uh A twenty-four man, I I cannot tell you how into this studio I am. And this is another tick on the list for
1: me for something I'm excited for that these guys are bringing out. Anytime their logo pops up, I'm instantly ready. Yep. Um and another huge um huge uh, thing in their corner is the director, Daniel Scheinert, um, who is one of the Daniels. Um, as they're known, who directed Swiss Army Man. Oh. Um, One of the most mind-boggling, surprising, amazing movies of the past few years. Awesome movie. Um, Huge recommendation on that one, Swiss Army Man. Yeah, Um, you recommended to me, watched it, great recommend. Awesome. Awesome recommend. Yeah. Um, So I I, I would watch anything these guys do, and this looks like a hell of a lot of fun. It's got that dinky indie kind of vibe to it. Mm. I just love the way this trailer was put together as well.
0: Um. So this basically is a story about these two friends and something goes wrong and they accidentally kill... Dick Long. Yeah, Um. by dropping him outside of a cinema... Uh, sorry, cinema, outside of a hospital. Mm. And they obviously drop him down too quickly on the concrete and he gets head trauma. And that's like the final nail in the coffin. That's kind of how I saw it. Maybe I saw... Maybe I was looking at it the wrong way. Essentially, you know, everyone's trying to find out what went wrong and they they're privy to it. But they seem kind of like buffoons... You know, like quite simple guys, mm. um, and there's some funny references in here to Quentin Tarantino movies, and it just seems—I I just was feeling a lot of confidence in this film by
1: this trailer. Yeah, it really like even without knowing who was directing this, as I already did, it felt like something that was coming with, was coming from someone really kind of fresh and energetic, and with I don't know something to something to prove and something to say, and I'm like, this looks like something I want to see. Yep. Yep, I am really excited for
0: Long Dick. <laughs> and uh, trailer number three, one of the weirdest trailers we have ever reviewed mm-hmm. on the podcast Strikes Back. ZeroVille with the same production team that put together last year's...
1: Uh, the Disaster Artist. Th- which um, followed, uh, you know, Tommy Wiseau in The Room. Yeah, directed by James Franco.
0: So we've got James Franco, Seth Rogen, <laughs> the whole crew's back, Danny McBride. Yeah. Um, what, 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 what this? I can't, I can't even really like where do you begin with this because, like, the editing mm. and the resolution of this trailer was so below
1: par. It, I'm surprised somebody I'm surprised this got like approved. Yeah, I mean, like we said, coming from James Franco, this guy was an Oscar contender uh, what last year or the year before with the disaster artist, and this trailer was like so weirdly meandering and soft. I like I can't even describe what was so wrong about it. It was there was just no impact to it whatsoever even though it was like throwing these like splash things at you like with character names and stuff. And the the CG work was pretty
0: pretty poor I thought. Mm. The rendering wasn't great. It looked kind of
1: like a YouTube channel or something. Yeah, but the um the product itself um it's based on a book I believe of the same name um James Franco's character is 24 in the book, so good on him. Um, but, yeah, it, it, the, the first thing that really struck uh, me about it was the fact that it feels like a weird companion piece to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, That's exactly what it, I thought. It man. leans right into that because the first part of the trailer is um, it involves Sharon Tate. Yeah. Um, And it's set in the same year as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and it, apparently the book very much deals with the uh, the theme of Kind of that era ending and cinema dying, uh-huh. um, in, in a way. Um, so it, yeah, it just feels like a, a very interesting timing for this to be happening.
0: Yeah, that that was pretty um uncanny, mm. and
1: they must they must have known Tarantino's bringing some shit out, so whip up a script, mate. Mm. And then the other thing was that it felt very much like they were trying to, I don't know, maybe chase the success of the Disaster Artist again because mm. that's certainly a, a realm that, that James Franco never been in before. I feel. Um, And this is a guy who is much more prolific than most people probably know. He's made so many, like, little indie films. um, And apparently a lot of them are just really kind of wanky, um, like, college student stuff. But, um, you know, he really found success with that last one. And it's like, oh, is he just trying to do that again? Replicate it. It's just a smart move in a lot of ways. But But it sounds like a very interesting story. The exact same cast.
0: Like, it just seems too... It just seems a little unthought out and and uncreative. Yeah. And, you know, this trailer was so bizarre that I can't even really judge whether or not I want to see this film because I think it is so
1: non-reflective of what the final product will be. Yeah, there's no way this could be anything like what it is. Um, I I would honestly like to just see a new trailer. (laughs) Can you please issue a new trailer, Franco? (laughs) Come on. You know Final Cut. Mm.
0: All right, should we cap it off with question of the week? Why not? We had a really nice comment from Stephen LeGreasley. Hi, Stephen. And guys, you know, if you guys want to leave a comment, you can leave a comment on our YouTube channel. A lot of people don't know that. we will reply with another comment. <laughs> can you believe it? Maybe <laughs> even a thumb up. Um, and we love hearing from you guys. Uh, so let's get into Stephen's question. Um, and you got a nice little compliment there from him on your film knowledge, Benny. Thank Keeping you, this thing buoyant. Um, so I can only fool so many people. Are you doing well, man? You're doing well. You're doing well. <laughs> One question for each of you guys with remakes, and sequels being at the center of Hollywood's economy. Which film is your opinion of Untouchable by This Trend? And which film do you think should never well, well yeah, which film do you think should never be remade or um yeah, a sequel never be made to it and why? Um which film do you think
1: should never have either a remake or sequel to it and why? I got that out, finally. Excellent. Do you want to go first? Yeah, because you asked me this question just before the show and something popped right into my head. Um, It's a film I hold very dearly um, and one that I think is perfect and uh, very much in the contention of when people ask me what I think the best film ever made is. Um, I'm happy to throw it out there because I think it is one of them um, and that is Back to the Future.
0: Yeah. But the... Yeah, I think you nailed it then. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. It's been a great episode.
1: Um, and that is yeah, one that, that there has... Made. The threat of a remake really has been tossed around a lot over the past decade or so with um, like Zac Efron being named around the time of his uh, high school musical fame, um, which back then was definitely like, no, don't do that. Um, but, yeah, I just think that movie holds up in every conceivable way. It completely does. Um, and obviously that one does have sequels, and I think they're pretty great too, but... Um, I I, definitely, I wouldn't even want another sequel necessarily to that series. I, belated sequels are a mixed bag at best. Mm. Um, so, yeah, just leave that one alone. And uh, uh, what's his name? Robert Zemeckis has said that as long as he's alive, no one's going to touch it. Cool. So that's great. So we've got about five years. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rob. Love you. Mars Needs some of sucks. Oh, um. man. Tank the whole industry. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I I was thinking about this question, and and you know a lot of people say that film should never be remade. Um, but the classic example that I always bring up is the Thing. Mm. 1982's the Thing, and at the time that was a remake of a nineteen fifties the Thing, and it was trashed when it came out. Mm. All the critics thought it was an absolute, um, you know, it was bullshit that they 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 remade the classic thing. Mm. So a, a lot of the time, for me, I'm not that precious about certain things. But, in a lot of ways, what shouldn't be remade as those pieces, like you said, back to the future, that's so of that time you know you update it to now and bring in you know oh, they got Facebook and Instagram and uh <sighs> you know it, it's it's it it should just not should not be done mm. so um it might sound like a bit of a boring one, but you know immediately, I think martin Scorsese films mm. you know don't remake that shit. Um, and then I think Goodfellas, you know, Goodfellas is one with Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro. It's so intertwined with their performances. Like, yeah, of course you could redo Goodfellas and bring in Tom Hardy. and You could even de-age them. Oh, God. What a crazy thought that is. Oh God. <laughs> but I feel like that's one of so of that era and those actors at that time in their lives. And it's just kind of like the perfect sort of storm. Mm. Um, so it, it's a bit, I, I'm not really giving more of a, I'm I'm giving more of a idea ideological answer rather than a specific answer here, but that's kind of where I sit with remakes these days. As I said earlier, I like the RoboCop remake.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, I I'm I'm similar to you. I I think you know if executed properly, then anything can can really be done. Um, and in a more general sense, as you've done, I would say, like you said, anything that has that is really of its era and has a lot of that time has gone into what made it special, hundred percent, and also anything. That was super influential to what came after it. Something like the Matrix. I'm like, that is that wasn't of its time. That was a so ahead of its time. But it it was it's this point in cinema history yeah. that that affected everything that came after it. It's like, what would you do remaking that? Yeah, it would be pathetic.
0: Yeah, and 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 you just touched on something interesting. It was like, you know, when something is so of its era that it needs an update and a remake is a good thing. Mm. So it's kind of like this perfect balancing act where it has a timeless quality to it but it's of that era mm. that's when just leave it alone and i think that back to the future i mean i never saw that movie until i bought a blu-ray player so that would have been post 2009 wow and i put that on yeah. put on the trilogy and i was fucking blown away man yeah i was like this is this is where it's at mm. so yeah I, I i think it's um it's an interesting thought thanks for the question Stephen. good question um and uh also Great suggestions um, from some films because I asked him, you know, do, do you have any suggestions of some films to watch? And he, he chucked in there Jodorowsky's tune, which I saw not too long ago, which I loved. So thank you for all those, man. Really appreciate that. I'm going to start working through some of those. Yeah, me too. And, and if you guys have any suggestions for, you know, films that are sort of people don't talk about or, or for favorite recommendations, hit us up. We're always looking for these sort of little diamonds in the rough that people aren't talking about. Um And any other Just more general questions Hit us up in the comments We love hearing from you guys And we'll be back Next week With the weekly movie show and I think Connor's back Next week Possibly mm-hmm. Hey The team's back together
1: And we'll be talking about uh, D23 Big news on the way No doubt Is there any inklings Of what we're gonna hear I mean it's not gonna be Much Marvel stuff Probably not But I reckon they They, they could pull something out
0: Yeah Maybe some stuff of What if or yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Oh man, you're getting me excited. Yeah, <laughs> but probably a lot of Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of Star Wars. Guys, hit that subscribe button. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.